0: is the hill talking rugby league with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hi there. Welcome to The Hill. It's a different hill this week, Solitary Hill. It's me here, Sparks, on my own coming to you from Melbourne, Victoria, which is in lockdown at the moment. Hence why I'm on my own. Not sure what I'm sounding like right now. I've rehearsed this about five times because uh, it's very strange to be doing this podcast uh, on my own without my friend, and my foe Sam Perry, who sadly can't be with us for probably the next few weeks just due to the lockdown uh, situation here in Melbourne. We thought we might try and go back to the Skype situation that we were doing Uh, in the previous lockdown, but that was, it was pretty difficult to be honest with you all. Uh, And not that we don't like difficult, we're hard workers, you know, we're rugby league blokes, we like working hard and putting our head down, but it was just one of those things where we thought perhaps uh, the juice wasn't going to be worth the squeeze, not only from our end, but from your end as well. Because what we want to be doing is here is producing a good uh, rugby league program or program as Pezza would say, uh, for you, the loyal listeners. Now, at, at this very moment here, I'm. What's going through my head is how am I going to sustain uh, a 30 to 40 to maybe 50-minute program of me just talking to you? Uh, the answer is I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm looking at the clock. I'm going to take that off because all I see is it counting down, uh, and it's going very slowly. But I'm going to I'm going to be here uh, for the next while or so. I'm going to try and replicate the show, I guess. I'm going to do it on my own. Uh, Fortunately, fortunately, I've got a few questions that I'm going to deal with from you guys, uh, the listeners, which has been really good. Uh, So for future episodes, keep in mind that the the backbone of this next little period is going to really be your questions. Not only really questions, actually, just your thoughts, uh, your musings, your, your, your current feelings of what's happening maybe with the code. Uh, with your club, uh, with other clubs, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Just, just send me through stuff. Send me through wild ideas, you know, for rule changes, or uh, you know, uh, player movements, uh, coaching, coaching movements. You know, give me some of your your greatest memories of the of the 90s, of the early 2000s, whatever it might be. Uh, just get it into me. And the more the more you give me, uh, hopefully. The more i can give to you guys as well uh, but we'll try and get into the show in a minute here look i'm going to try and keep a pretty similar sort of formula uh, you know we'll, we'll run through a bit of a wrap of the weekend uh with a few x's and o's that some people uh in, in in the hill fraternity enjoy some but we don't but you're going to get it anyway uh because i'm here I'm, i get to pull the shots and everything uh so i'll do a bit of a wrap of the week i'm going to go with the, who would you rather be uh, i'm going to ask you guys out there who would you rather be uh, with with Pezza being absent, uh, we're going to do Tiger Corner, and then for Mines, really going to hopefully come into its own this week uh, and in also future weeks. Uh, and I've got a few other little special things uh, for you here and there. And look, you know, tonight's probably you know a, a bit of a it's not a captain's run uh, because it is going to be published and it'll be out there, uh, but in some ways it will be a bit of a, a bit of a practice and see how we go. Uh, in this uh, solitary uh, hill situation. Which brings me to my sort of first point is that, you know, we, the hill, the, the spirit of the hill is that it's sort of two blokes sitting there on the hill having a yarn about the footy, you know, as people have done for a long time. Uh, and, and then the fact that I'm here on my own just made me sort of. Uh, I guess ponder or or reminisce of the the times I've been to the footy on my own. And I don't know if you you out there have ever done this or you do it regularly, but just go out to the footy on your own. It's a good thing. I really enjoy doing it. It's probably something I've done a lot more now that I'm in Melbourne. Uh, I I sort of, you know, back when crowds sort of were allowed and it was sort of commonplace to go to the footy, I I found myself going, I've lived down here for about four years and I'll, I'll probably get to. And, you know, some might laugh at this, some might respect me for this, but I'll probably get to at least half a dozen to eight games uh, that the Melbourne Storm play uh, each each season. And, and, you know, 97% of them at least would be there on my own. But it's, it's a really good experience. I really enjoy doing it because you, you can you, – all different things can happen to you, I think, when you're on your own, uh, you know, as it is in all sorts of, you know, parts of your life. If you go traveling on your own, you're sort of more open to, to talking to different people and taking different chances and doing different things. I guess it's similar when you go to the footy, so you know, you, you can sometimes bump into, you know, people that you wouldn't usually talk to because you're there on your own and, you know, they'll sort of give you a yarn and you'll have a bit of a yarn back and you or you might find yourself, you know, having a quiet one at, at one of the bars or something with with someone else that's in, in a similar situation and just sort of talk about the footy. Uh, but but people I find they sort of—they just give you a little bit more uh, – it's, it's not respect, but they just give you a little bit more because you're there and they see that you're there on your own. But it's also just being able to sort of watch the game as well. What I do now that I'm, I'm down here in Melbourne and I go to Amy Park, I sit behind the post. Like someone sort of kicked me off. It actually probably was Pezza actually, to be fair. Uh, I think growing up, I always sat uh, side on – the field, so sort of on the 20, 30 metre line. That's where my old, my old man liked to stand, so we would always sort of stand there and watch the play side on. But I remember, I think it was actually a union game uh, that, that I first went with Peasant when we were probably about 16 or 17. He said, let's go behind the posts, because uh, funnily enough, I think that's what his old man uh, liked to do. Uh, and that was probably my first little, little taster of sitting behind the post, and, and sort of as I got older, I listened to a few other people say, oh no, you should sit behind the post just to sort of read the play uh and I guess because it's Melbourne and you know I I just sort of usually go for whoever was playing against Melbourne just get a chance to sit behind the posts and just just get a read of what was happening and and just also be able to, to to see certain players and just focus on what they were doing and just enjoy the game so if you haven't been to the footy on your own I really encourage you to do that I know it's it's difficult at the moment with this sort of COVID situation, but you know, maybe next season, you know, when we're free to go back to the footy again, go on your own and see how you feel. You know, I, I guarantee you, you'll probably watch the game a little bit differently. You'll meet some interesting characters, and and I reckon you'll you'll enjoy you'll enjoy the footy uh, just as much as you would if you went with 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 a group of people. So that's what I was thinking about. Uh sort of, sort of sort of doing the the hill uh one out as I am. But what we'll do now, we'll get straight into the wrap of the week. Uh into 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 last week. Uh and I mean, look, I'm gonna go through this quickly actually, because I've just realised I had to tell you about something else uh here. But I'll go through the games really quickly. Look, the Roosters took care of the Cowboys all too easy. Uh again, um up there in Townsville, I know the Cowboys were sort of up about 8-0 or something at some point that might have been level at, at half time. But the Roosters seem to be toying with teams a little bit at the moment. It's just all a bit too easy for them, despite their mounting injury count. Uh, the Gold Coast Warriors game, good luck to the Gold Coast. Uh, yeah, look, good luck to them. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Warriors are trying hard, and we, we like that as league as league people, and they're, they're sort of keeping the the game ticking along without a team having to have a bye, but good luck to the to the, to the the Titans for having a win there. Uh, look, the Rabbitohs got over the Tigers 18-10. It's I'm probably flattered the Tigers there a little bit, I think, but I'll, I'll get to that later in Tiger Corner because I do have a fair bit to say uh, about that. The Panthers absolutely smacked uh, the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, the young bloke, Dan Staines' kid, uh, scoring... Uh, four or tries, I think it was, and then breaching the coronavirus stuff. But that's okay; I won't begrudge him for that. Well done. 56-24, Sharks playing a home game at Pogra. I guess that's pretty good. Uh, you know, if you're into into those sort of uh, uh, random sort of footy facts, as we are here on the hill. Uh, the Broncos beat the Bulldogs. Really good seeing Anthony Seabold just down on the sideline. I thought more than anything. Uh, just, just like a coach being down on, on the sideline at ground level, there, you know, I think it's sort of in the same sort of spirit as you know what I was just talking about with uh, going to the footy on your own. There's just if, if you're a coach, I think you've got to be down there, down there, feeling it, smelling it with your players, uh, and you know, and he's reaped the rewards for it. So you know, the proofs, the proofs in the in, in the pudding there. So so well done to Seibold and the Broncos. Uh, tough stuff for the Bulldogs. Obviously, I'm going to address the fair with of the Bulldogs stuff a bit later in the program. Uh, so mm-hmm. definitely stay tuned. Don't don't adjust your, your headset. Um, also, my phone is running out of battery at a rate of knots and I don't have a charger uh, here. So that'll make things interesting uh, later on when I look for something. But that's okay. Uh, the Storm look extremely good, uh, 20 to 14 over the Raiders. Basically, what's happened is my read on the Storm is that they just needed a little bit of something, a little bit of adversity, uh, for them to sort of galvanise themselves uh, into the season and heading up to Queensland has been that thing. And to be honest, they look pretty scary. I think right now uh, that 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 uh, game they played against the Roosters where well, they beat them uh, a couple of weeks ago and then into uh, beating Canberra away uh, without Cameron Munster, uh, it looks pretty ominous. And I actually think that for mine, they've taken over uh, the Roosters as the premiership favourites. I think that that little bit of adversity is just what uh, the doctor ordered uh, for for the Craig Bellamy side up there and i say craig bellamy's side in the tone you know as you know maybe someone like ben iken or someone on one of the programs uh would there that's something i can do here on the hill i don't have Pezza getting in my way here we can sort of you know um uh, uh, professionalize things a little bit but such is life here i am are uh, the sunday games well, i enjoyed them i was really looking forward to the newcastle parramatta game for mine, it didn't disappoint. For others, it probably did because it was pretty. It was a pretty dull sort of game. It was pretty scrappy. A 10-4 scoreline, uh, which I really liked. Uh, you know, sort of given it, given the, the nostalgic uh, things we enjoy here on the hills. So 10-4 to, to the Eels. The only disappointing thing I actually had in the end with that scoreline is I think it was four-all with about fifteen minutes to go, and I thought it had a really sort of good uh, odd number scoreline, you know, on the cards. I thought someone's going to kick a field goal. Maybe it was going to go 5-4 to the Eels and then maybe the Knights might score it again and we're looking at an 8-4 8-5 scoreline or something like that, which I've always really enjoyed. I know my friend Pezza enjoys those sorts of things too. Uh, alas, it wasn't a B and we just got your regulation 10-4 scoreline there, but I think Para looked good. You know, to be fair, they don't have Mitchell Moses. Uh, who I think Andrew Johns announced was one of the six or seven blokes uh, he would pay one million dollars a season for. Uh, one of the other guys in that in in that cohort was James Sedesco. So as a Tigers fan, uh, that 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 really really cut me. And I think that's actually something that happened over this weekend. Was like, and I don't really like I don't like to labour on the 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 players that the Tigers have lost, but I mean seriously, like I I think. And, I'm sorry to get in the way here for the Eagles and Knights fans here. But like I, I my genuine belief around the Tigers is all we need is a really quality back and a really quality forward and we're gonna be sweet. And like seriously that could be any combination of Nathan Brown and Mitch Moses or Nathan Brown and James Sedesco. Uh and we'd probably be almost a top four side, I think. And I don't I don't think that's being crazy either. Uh but yeah, the uh, Parrot had Nathan Brown. Uh, former Tiger, he had a really good game, and they're still missing Mitch Moses, his his to come back into the team. For the Knights, look, I really like the Knights. You you guys know that here. Uh, Real, real good, real deep soft spot. Uh, Real soft, soft spot, Uh, I guess, for the Knights. uh, I just don't know. To be honest with you, I'm not sure. Uh, Kalen Ponga, I don't think he's playing the level he can or the the level he gets hyped at uh i think if, if i'm being really honest about it and yeah oh look i think their forwards are are almost there um but yeah look i'm not sure i'm, I'm not sure if they're there uh the the sort of <laughs> the the, the not panic in my voice but it's something in my voice is the fact that there's only one percent on my phone now uh, i'm not going to stop recording this i'm just going to stick this on airplane mode and um i'm going to go with what what's left here in front of me uh on my phone i've got a laptop here too so just if, if you're if you're concerned or if you're worried about how i'm going to get through the rest without any sort of info in front of me i think i'll hopefully be okay but yeah look i think who do the nights have next week uh, South, yeah, that's could be difficult for them. Look, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for them. I'm really hoping that they can sort of get it together. Uh, and, look, I think they will. But that was a good game, and it was really good uh, to see Saints uh, get a win, 34-4 over Manly. Look, nothing against Manly. I've said this before. You know, I know there's a lot of sort of, sort of history around, you know, you've got to hate Manly. I just, I don't know, it just, for, for some reason, that didn't really, I wouldn't say it didn't resonate with me. It just didn't fall on my shoulders, uh, uh, a lot like, like it has with other people, and that's okay too. But um, so I'm not I'm not doing this to sink the boot into Manly. But it was really good to see Mary McGregor get a win. Uh, good to see the Dragons get a win. Uh and you know, the crazy thing is, is that St George are like a win out of the eight. You know, we all this all this panic and. And craziness around so many of these sides, you know, having to get their, you know, lose their coach, uh, and the, the world was caving in on them. Whether it be Cronulla, whether it be Man... oh sorry, whether it be Cronulla, whether it be St George, even North Queensland, they're a win outside of the eight, the Broncos were a win outside of the eight, the Cogo Titans were a win outside of the eight, you know, and I you know all, all clubs and all fans judge success differently if you're in the top eight and you're making the semi-finals, then you're in the top half of the comp. You know, only one team can win the competition every year. You know, so I think that I, I'm I'm really happy for Saint George. I'm really happy for Mary McGregor. Uh, and good luck to him. I think Ben Hunt at number nine has been really good. Uh, and that's you know that that's something where where people have had to swallow a swallow bit of pride and go, you know, you know, hang on, we can we can do this. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the price tag is. doesn't matter what, you know, people think he is or what he was signed here to do. This is the best thing for the team. He's a number nine. I'm, I'm going to address some number nine stuff a little bit later in the program too uh, that relates to my side the Tigers, and there'll be a bit of a crossover uh, there with Ben Hunt as well. So I'll, I'll save that for a little bit later in the piece. Uh, and look, Manly just need Turbo back basically. I think that's <clears throat> that's pretty much the nuts and the bolts of it. I know they've got a few other guys out as well. Um but they're sort of gonna gonna have to just sort of try and jag two or three wins over the next I guess six or seven weeks uh until until their fullback comes back and hopefully they'll still be in the hunt uh towards the end of the season. Guys, so that's, the, that's the wrap of the week. Hope you enjoyed that. Now, what I wanted to actually, I forgot to do before this, is that Pezzy Pez usually asks me where I'm at with the code. You know, what are your feelings of the code? How he sort of wraps it up in some sort of, uh, you know, sort of, it's not convoluted, but it's, it's almost sometimes and I'm not sure how to answer it. Uh, but this time, because I'm asking myself the question, what are my feelings on the code? How do I feel about it? Where am I sitting with it all? I can answer it quite comfortably, and what I was going to actually say to you guys is that I'm I'm uh, recording this on a Wednesday evening, all right. And I just thought I'd let you know that between uh, Friday gone uh, and this evening, uh, so what's that? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's five, five, uh, five sleeps, as we would put it. Uh, I've had I've had two rugby league related dreams but I just thought I'd run you through. Uh, so I'll go with the first. That happened on Friday night uh, after the Tigers game. Uh, basically, the long and the short of it is, I had a very vivid dream uh, that the Tigers signed uh, Blake Green and Cooper Cronk uh, as the new halves pairing. I can't remember if it was effective immediately or if it was for next year. I don't know. I really think that's the point. But... Uh, but I guess that was, yeah, sort of on the back of the, an 18-10 loss where sort of lack of points and lack of attack really sort of hurt us a lot. I uh, think so tackle options probably weren't the best. Uh, and also off the back of, you know, I guess, uh, I guess it was probably about a 20-minute conversation uh, with my younger sister, she telling me that um, she works with Blake Green's older or younger sister, I can't remember, um for her, I, I guess she thought that would just be a quick little sort of throwaway comment that would sort of last a couple of minutes because the Warriors game was on in the background. Oh, I'd probably push it out to about 20 minutes, you know. Oh, you know, what's what? What's she like? Is she, you know, is she this? And, you know, is she sort of just a really, you know, good, hardworking person because that's the way sort of Blake Green plays his footy and, uh, and then that sort of stuff. And I think Maddie was pretty keen to sort of wrap that conversation up uh, pretty early, but it, yeah, it probably uh, sort of uh, took most of the second half of that game uh, for us to, to get through that. So I guess there was probably a little bit of, bit of that involved in my subconscious there as well. But more than anything, it was, you know, I, I just clearly think that it would be great. To, I'm looking for two organisers there, I guess. Uh, I guess I'm, I was probably also thinking whilst I was sleeping that we forgot doing it back and uh, who can create a little bit and we've either held on to Harry Grant or or have someone like a uh, a Simpkin or a Jacob Little coming through that can still create a bit, you know, two organisers at six and seven isn't 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 a isn't a big deal. So, um, you know, they say you do some of your best work when you're at asleep. So maybe that maybe that is the answer. Two organisers. I I don't know if Cronk is keen to come out of retirement. He probably isn't. Uh, but I also know Blake Green is looking for a club. So. Uh, yeah, that that's sort of what I was um, – that was the movie I was watching as I was sleeping on Friday night, so that was pretty cool. And then I think it was either – I think it was Monday night. Uh, can't really remember all of, like, what happened in the dream. Like, I don't remember all the – I don't remember the context. That's the word I was looking for. I don't remember all the context of how this happened, but um, I just landed into a conversation with Matthew Johns uh, talking about coaching, sports coaching. Uh, rugby league coaching and then I found myself telling uh, Matthew how much I respected David Furner uh, as a rugby league coach. Uh, I think David Ferner is an is an assistant coach maybe at Newcastle now or something, I can't remember. He's been an assistant coach around for a little while now, very highly respected. Uh, and then, yeah, as, as I'm sort of talking to Matty Jones about telling me how good David, uh, tell, I'm telling him about how good David Ferner is as a coach, like David Ferner is sort of like in the background, like like picture yourself at a party kind of thing and there's like a couple of people and uh, a couple of those people are sort of Maddie Johns and I and I'm just there telling me, oh, you know, look, mate, I'm really impressed with David Ferner as a coach and, you know, what he can do and, you know, how he shapes an attack and things like that and Maddie's Matty, just, you know, there having a beer with me, you know, nodding, going, oh, yeah, mate, look, you know, I've sort of, you know, it's that similar when he was playing and uh, that sort of thing and then there's just another group of people, you know, not too far away, from probably in earshot and David Ferner's one of them. Uh, and then I sort of make eye, eye contact with him, sort of, to, and he, he liked that I, um, you know, he, he wasn't arrogant about it or anything, but it was, uh, you know, he sort of liked that I was sort of talking about him and his coaching. And I, I just think he enjoyed me having a, have a chat about rugby league and coaching. So uh, yeah, that was Monday night's dream. I really don't don't actually remember last night's dream at all. I don't know if that means I had a better night's sleep or not. I don't know how it works. Uh, if you remember your dream, you've had a real deep sleep, and if you don't remember your dream, you've sort of tossed and turned. I'm not I'm not too sure. Uh, the Ferner dream and the Kronk Blake Green dream both coincided with me being on holiday, so maybe it did. be It was a bit more more of a relaxed uh, sleep, and it really sort of tapped into what you really wanted in your mind, uh, as opposed to the other nights. But anyway, look, I just thought I'd let you know about that that sort of stuff, and I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, what the Tigers want to do as far as their halves, um, pairings go, and, and, and maybe where David Ferner lands uh, in the coaching ranks uh, moving forward. Uh, but speaking of moving forward, guys, we'll, uh, we'll head into the, to the next segment of uh, Who Would You Rather Be? You rather be? Uh, if you're a new listener, I doubt you are, but you might be. Uh, there's usually another guy with me. It's not usually a monologue. Uh, like this uh, with one bloke just sort of talking down uh the microphone about dreams and, and all sorts of other stuff. There's usually someone else and we, we would debate, you know, we'd we toss up two sort of usually 1990s or 2000s players uh, and, and just, you know, talk about who we'd rather be. Uh, as far as their playing career goes, sometimes their post-playing career, uh, their coaching career, whatever it might be, and just sort of have a, have a bit of a yarn about that. So I don't have Pezza in the room. Okay, this is what's the different thing. We say, who would you rather be, this bloke or this bloke? Usually they've got a, they either share a first name or a surname. Um, So tonight or today or whenever it is you're listening, uh, the who would you rather be is Michael Hagen or Michael Speechley. Now, I put this up, uh, I think a Sunday gone, just in celebration of the the Newcastle-Parramatta game. And I don't have Pezza to ask me. We can't sit here and debate who would you rather be. So, listeners, I need you to pause for a minute, all right? And I'm going to pause for a little while, just for a second, all right? Not right now, but in a second, I will pause. I'm going to run you through Speechley or Hagen, and I just want you to ask yourself, you know, who would I rather be? You no, know, Michael Speechley, Dave, who's for Newtown in 83? you a, a long time. That's before I was born. 83, 16 games for Newtown. Has a bit of a stint at, at the Rabbitohs. Doesn't really work out. But then finds a home. He finds a home at the cronulla Sutherland Sharks. He yeah, have got 120-odd 100 games. Gets four field goals, more than anything. Uh, gets his nickname, the Lawnmower, I think, because of his tackling technique. I, I don't really know what that is. I've just read that on the internet. Uh, if someone wants to let me know exactly what that means, I guess you cut blokes down. I guess he must have just had a really good tackle technique and just cut guys down. Uh, so you become the lawnmower of the Cronulla Sharks. You play 120 games. You don't win a comp, obviously. All right, because you know Cronulla didn't win a comp until a couple of years ago. But you have a good, you have a good, good career there. They were in a couple of good jerseys there. Then you head over to Parramatta, 93 to 95, uh, which means you probably miss out of the Super League stuff, but you end your career in, a, I guess, a pretty middling sort of Parramatta side. But all in all, you know, you get 175 games or so, lots, you know, lots of memories. That's four pretty good clubs, I've got to say, two foundation clubs, Newtown and South, you know, and then, and then two sort of pretty strong clubs in Cronulla and Parramatta, or would you rather be Michael Hagan, Canterbury Bulldogs, mid-80s, 84 to 88 couple of competitions won in there then up to Newcastle 110 111 games I think he captained the joint really you know he was there in their sort of formative years uh you know no real success as far as premierships or anything goes but you know you're a, at any event any old boys event you know at the Knights and Michael Hagan's there you know you're your front row center. You're probably talking Matty Johns having a beer, maybe talking about David Ferner uh, as an assistant coach. Uh, and speaking of coaching, you don't want to coach Unites there for about five years, winning a comp as a coach, uh, and then had I, I don't know what happened at Parramatta. That was all pretty weird. Um, so I think him and Brian Smith ended up coach, like they swapped, like Paramount and Brian Smith was coach of Parramatta, and then. Michael Hagan was coaching Newcastle and they basically swapped. One of the infamous things, Jason Taylor, who I think took over from Brian Smith in that little period of time, like said in passing when he came up against Newcastle to Michael Hagan, was like something along the lines of how fuck are you? You know, I'm down here. Oh no, Brian Smith was down here trying to fix everything you fucked up and you're up there on the back of everything he did or something like that. Uh, Strange sort of times. Don't let me confuse with anything there. The question is, Spetchley or Hagen, Who would you rather be? And just quickly, did you know that um, Michael Hagan's brother like coached Canterbury um, and played for Canterbury? I didn't know that. My phone's dead, so I can't check that, uh, which is a shame. But that's okay. Um, yeah, I forget his name. Bob, maybe? Uh, coached them. Like maybe a couple of people before uh, Phil Gould and Warren Ryan did, but anyway, look, I sort of I sort of uh, back myself into a corner here because I specifically always say I'm not going to be a player that uh, played at Canterbury, but then you know the soft spot I have for the Knights, so I really want to be Hagen, but true to my word, I'm going to be Speechly. Who would you rather be? You Hagen, you Speechly? Let me know. Let me know right now. You know, just just yelling out, oh, mate. I'm Speechly. You know, no, I'll be Michael Speechly, Mick Speechly, or no, I'll be Hags. I'll be Hags. You know, Hags uh, plays at Queensland too. So I mean, look, if you're a Queenslander, I'm sure you're going that way. He also coached uh, Queensland as well for a little bit of time. I think he I think he might have coached them when they won in. remember they lost. Was the first one that was 6 wasn't it? I think he coached in '04 to '05, uh, but he was definitely on the the uh, the assistant coaching sort of panel uh, when Mal Meninga was the top dog there. So look, if you're Speechley or Hagen, either way, you're doing pretty well uh, out of this thing anyway. So there it is. That's who. Who would you rather be? All right, now so we're going to move on to something different now. Okay, so look, I've asked for questions and I've asked for, for sort of feedback and your comments and all that sort of stuff. That'll be in the for mine section. All right, we call it for mine because it's such an overused uh, cliche uh, in rugby league. You know where someone gives an opinion and say, oh, it's for, you know for mine, I'd I'd, I'd do it this way or, or I don't think he's having a too good a game. Uh, speaking of which, I was I was driving home from sort of. Back in New South Wales to, to Melbourne over the weekend, and I managed to listen to uh, I listen to a couple of games of footy. I listened to the to the Penrith Sharks game on the radio, then I also listened to the the Bulldogs Broncos game. And I honestly think Billy Moore said for mine uh, lost count at 23, uh, and it was still the first half. So it's a, it's a great little phrase, and we like it. Uh, and those questions will be directed. Or I'll direct those questions. You'll direct the questions at me and I'll direct the answers back at you in the For My Own segment in a little bit of time. But something that someone has done that I want to sort of, you know, turn into a bit of a segment uh, for now is a listener, Ben Shine, if I can pull it up here, he's asked, me, he's asked me all sorts of things. And here's his first question. He said, Tim, can you please list your favourite NRL teams 1 to 16, from most to least favorite, as well as a brief explanation of why. And he said, thanks. And I'll say thanks for getting in touch, Ben. I really appreciate it. This is a good question. Now, I'm going to answer it, okay, but I'm going to do it slightly differently to what you've asked. I hope that's okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to – and I debated how to do this, all right, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to count it from least favorite to most favorite. You've asked me from most favorite to least favorite. I didn't know which way to go around it. Obviously wanted to build up a bit of tension, a bit of suspense. Maybe, you know, I understand people out there all have their own team, you know, some are tigers, people like me, and that's great. But just as just as good if not better. Uh they've got teams of their own, they've got stories of their own. And I wasn't look, I like I don't I don't want to offend anyone. I don't wanna um I don't wanna sledge another guy's team. All right. Uh so I wasn't sure how to do it. And I wasn't sure if people would be listening thinking uh, you know, who's, who's going to be his top team, who's going to be the bottom team. But anyway, what I've decided to do is go from the bottom up. Uh, that's that's just the way I've decided it, okay? And, you know, as this is a one-man show at the moment, you know, it won't be open for debate. So that that's how I'm going to do it. Uh, if if you've really got an issue with it or you're upset about it, you can let me know. And I'm sorry if I, I have upset you on this, but this is how I'm going to do it. All right, so we're going to go from sixteen upwards, and I'm going to announce four teams, uh, I guess, for the next couple of weeks, and then there'll be three three teams in the last week. Obviously, the Tigers at the top, but hopefully, this you know just be a little segment for us for the next few weeks. So, um, what we're going to do? Oh, and this is uh, a bit of a shame um, because I had a really. Um, would quote about this first team on my phone, and it's you wouldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, that was. Um, oh, this is really disappointing because oh, this was gonna be my great um, start. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pause this or do anything. You just this will just be a lesson for me to charge, charge my phone. Um, no doubt Pezza here is absolutely um, giggling uh, to himself because um, i'm pretty I'm pretty useless uh, with technology um, this is just a perfect example of it but anyway um here it goes. I'm in a countdown from 16, 15, 14, 13. My least favorite side in the NRL is the Gold Coast. All right, and through that little bit of time, I've found that quote by, uh, I think it's Eli Bazell, a Nobel Peace Prize winner, is, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. All right, I'll repeat that for you. The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness, it's indifference. The opposite of faith is not hearsay, it's indifference. The opposite of life is not death, it's indifference. And that's what Gold Coast is, it is indifference. Nothing, I don't feel anything towards them. I don't feel love, I don't feel hate, I don't feel anything. It's really sad and I'm sure so many people relate to that. All right. If by some reason you're a Gold Coast Titans fan and you've landed on this podcast and you like listen to this podcast, well, absolutely good luck to you. Uh, I don't think you're out there, uh, but good luck to you. Uh, I just there's just nothing about them. All right. Uh, so they come in at sixteen. Fifteen is the Melbourne Storm. Are uh, they cheat? They steal. They lie. They wear purple. Uh, they're from Melbourne, uh, they're full of Queenslanders, well, I don't want that so much, uh, but look, they don't endear me at all, alright, uh, I don't hate things in life, I probably did it a little bit when I was young, but I've started to learn that you, you can't hate, uh, but really, they're 15, no time for them. Now, there's something I need to tell you about this, which I should have said at the start. The weird thing about like my favourite, my least favourite clubs, like some of them are like fully like rusted on, and it's because of history. Uh, and there's just sort of no changing it, you know. As Wayne Bennett would say, it's not for sale, you know. Some of them, and Melbourne's probably like one of them. But like other other teams. It's all depending on like what like what's happening at the time like players like who's playing for them do they have a good style do I like the cut of how they're playing do they play with a, it with a, with a good spirit and a, you know do they play with some citizenship you know who's coaching them? do I have a bit of a soft spot for their coach you know is he you know is he you know all these different things uh, it sometimes makes me chop and change. Around who I who I like and who I dislike, and and you're gonna know what I'm talking about I think when I announce who 14 and 13 here are. Uh is because number 14 is Penrith, alright. And look, Penrith like historically for me, it's been a side that I've always really liked. You know, they're they're the cousins of the Tigers. You know, a Panther is a tiger is you know he's a big cat. You know, alright. So 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 they're related. You know, we're related. They're not too far across the street from us. You know. We're talking about west tigers and we're talking about penrith like we live in a similar vicinity you know we've got to try and look after each other you know we're big cats we're from the west you know we're 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 we're, we're pretty working class by you know by um by and large we've got to look out for each other you know but the problem is that uh the penrith panthers are coached by a bloke uh that has about as much moral integrity and fiber um to him as this notebook does, In fact, my notebook probably has more integrity and moral fibre to it because I've written it. I'm saying that Ivan Cleary has no moral fibre uh, to him. All right, and that was that was very evident, you know, in the stands at Bankwest Stadium you know, the other week, where he was blowing kisses or doing whatever he was doing uh, to West Tigers fans. Um, and a few people have sort of got in touch and say, you know, a was that you Sparks? It was getting into him. Well, B, well it wasn't. Um, but I completely understand where the West Tigers fan was coming from, and you know, people that ask or say, "Oh, well, you know, why was oh, I been carrying on like that?" or you know, "It doesn't really become of him," or you know, whatever it is. I, I, all I would say to that is that that it, that those actions just speak to a guy uh, that quit coaching a club via text message, <laughs> you know, and 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 coached the club and said that the club didn't have. Um, a culture, uh, but then walked out on them uh, for about a year. A guy that you know, you know, uh, didn't re-sign. You know, two of the best players in the competition, uh, one who is now been voted the best player in, in the competition, if not the world. I uh, said, no, we, we won't have those blokes. Um, we'll build we'll the side around Josh Reynolds and Moses Embi. Uh, that's the bloke who coaches Penrith, so that's why I'm not interested in Penrith at the moment. And his son's not too far behind him, breaching all sorts of um COVID restrictions and lying about it. Now, thirteen is Parramatta. All right, look, I've had a bit of a, a love-hate relationship with Parramatta over the course of my life. And it's Parramatta were a bit of a second team to me for a while. Like originally, North Sydney Bears were my second team. Uh, because, you know, for most of my sort of childhood, once 1990 finished, you know, the Tigers didn't make the semi-finals, so you had to you had to find a team to support in the semi-finals. And mine um, well, was North Sydney, you know, because I played uh, footy in the North Sydney district and, you know, everyone liked the beer, the Bears at that point in time. But once the Bears finished, it sort of became para. I don't really know why. I guess, like, we lived on the outskirts of Ryde, was sort of heading into Parramatta territory and I guess a couple of mates of mine were Parramatta fans. I'm not really sure why it sort of happened, but there were times in my life where I didn't mind Parramatta. Uh, But now, I mean, look, they've, they've taken a lot of our players. They beat the Tigers a lot, like particularly over like that sort of period of time after 05 to even to now. Usually got the better of us. Running wide on the on the edge there, I was like Freddie Mateo and guys like him would just us up. And yeah, look, you know, you generally don't dislike teams that that you that you beat, do you? So, so look, and and Parramatta was so leery. Oh man, I I, I, when I went to the opening game of Bankwest Stadium last year and we lost like fifty six to six. Like you know, I you know. That 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 was almost a replica of like a little room of hell. Like I couldn't deal with that for like for much longer. It was it was it was really bad. Uh. So yeah, Parramatta comes in at thirteen. There. So that's 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 at the moment. As I said, you know, it, it does change. You know, as as to who's playing, who's coaching them. They're, they're the my least uh. Four favourite teams, but I will just make sure that, yeah, 16-15, Gold Coast at 16, Melbourne at 15. I can't see that budging uh, at all. All right, so Ben Shine, thanks for getting in touch with that, that sort of question. I uh, hope you've enjoyed that. I'll be back next week, uh, and I guess I'll go through, yeah, what would it be, like 12, 12 to 9 uh, of my... Oh, we're starting to get to my least favourite, to my most favourite. We'll work our way up. Uh, as we go, but, as Pez would say, start the music, or I'd say start music. Here comes the music. Here we go, the Tiger Corner. I know Pez is going to put the music in. I'm not asking him what's saying you should, but here we are uh, for Tiger Corner for this week. It's my little period of time where I just... Uh, I'm a bit indulgent and talk about my side, uh, the Mighty West Tigers, and how they've gone over uh, the course of the last week or two and and what we're looking forward to to seeing uh, for next week. Look, I guess since I last talked to you, uh, we've come up against Penrith, we've come up against South, so two pretty good sides, uh, particularly Penrith, and we've gone down, I think it was uh, 19-12 against Penrith, and what was it, 18-10 against South. So, you know, they're, they're, they're good sides that we've lost too. Um, I'm really rattled that my phone's died because a lot of my Tiger stuff was on the phone. Like, I'm not going to lie, and that's, that's just something I'm just going to have to get better at doing uh, next week is making sure I come in with a fully charged uh, phone. I'm just looking at a blank screen, a dark screen. It's just black, the whole thing. Uh, it's really rattled me. Uh, but, look... I'll go through this anyway. Um, Tigers. We're coming eighth. All right, so that's positive. It, it seems like at the moment, Michael Maguire, our coach, is in a real sort of interesting sort of. Uh, I don't know if it's a bind as such, but he's in a position where he's clearly trying to put a stamp on, on culture and. Um, Standards around the way that the side needs to be played, and a lot of that revolves around defense. You know, he's, he's he's dropped Luke Brooks to the bench uh this week for missing tackles, he dropped Benji Marshall a couple of weeks ago for missing tackles as well. He's he's, he's really saying that if, if you're not going to tackle, then you're not in my side. So he he clearly and he's got to stay consistent on that because he you know he's come out and said that earlier with Benji, so he's, he's stayed consistent on that, and he's he's having to do that. Uh, to set the standard, which isn't always conducive uh, to putting the best team on the park, I guess. And by putting the best team on the park, it's not conducive to winning winning games and making finals this year. So I think it's a really tough one for him because the Tigers have to make the eight this year. Like, fair income, like, it's, it's got to happen. Uh, and I think Maguire knows that, but he's also trying to set those standards um, there, which I think is... Is a difficult thing, but we applaud him for, for for doing it. The other thing that's happening is that there's this real, well, there's this, this, this he's striving to make them defensively orientated. That that's clear. That the defence is first, which is you know is great, and it's it's. I was going to say, of course, it's admirable. It's. it's you know, it's very rugby league. Defence comes first, but I just don't want the defence to come at the expense of the attack. You know, I found like last week, and even the week before, like we're really struggling to score points. Um, whether it's a skills gap or a performance gap, it's probably a skills gap ultimately, uh, in the sense that we just don't have the players there. You know, we still don't have the speed. In our back line, like, you saw it a couple of times with, like, James Roberts, burnt, whether it was Chris Lawrence, I think it was Chris Lawrence, just with pure speed, uh, to score a try, um, something that, like, a lot of players wouldn't be able to do. See, Ryan Pappenhausen uh, did it against the Raiders. Like, you just need someone who's got some wheels, and it just seems really sad that the Tigers have basically let go of all the guys that were quick. Uh, whether it be Pappenhausen added car to Desco or Mo, just, you know, really sad. Uh, but we need someone that's got some pace out there. But we're not really seeing it. Uh, and just someone to create. Look, I, and speaking of creating, like, what I want to see is Luke Brooks out of Dummy half more. I think Luke Brooks is a hooker. Uh, and this is something that I will say. And I'll say it without Pezza laughing at me this time, which he did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, which would be good, is that I'm not convinced Luke Luke Brooks is our organising halfback, and this is probably why I started having dreams about Blake Green and Cooper Cronk. But the thing is, is that Luke Brooks, he's a footy player. He's a great footy player. Uh, I think he's got some good, like, instinct. Uh, He's got a really good kicking game. He's fast, and he's got a good pass on him. which are all, you know, great things uh, for footballers to have. But is he the guy that will assert himself on the field and command the ball and organise and put guys into place and when he wants the ball, he gets the ball? Well, the answer is no. He's not that guy. He's demonstrated that so often uh, on the field that he's not that guy. He's not that extroverted uh, leader. That's just not him. And it just amazes me that you hear people time and time and time again say, oh, well, you know, Brooks, he's just got to start to, you know, uh, come out of his shell and, you know, really start to, you know, own the team and, uh, you know, assert himself on it. Well, I'm here to tell you, he hasn't done it by now. He's not going to do it because he's not that kind of person, All right? Sadly, well, not even sadly, but just rightly or wrongly, people's personalities, they don't change. The human being is a complex kind of character that really is developed a lot of the time before adulthood. You know, so you can look at the kid at end and a bit of local knowledge around, you know, Luke Brook, is a middle child um, of three boys, you know, who, from my understanding, like the older boy has a really strong personality, is the younger one, and like a lot of middle childs or middle children, particularly of, of, of all boys, can sometimes just start to run his own race a little bit. Um, and he isn't that that guy leading from the front, and whether, whether that's why, and it's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's all good. But guys like Robbie Farris coming out and saying, "Oh, well, he's just going to start." He's not going to do it, mate. You know. And if people, you know, don't understand, just have a think about a, a failed relationship you may have had with someone. You know, where you've where you thought, oh, you know, I'll, you know, I will you, know, you know, him or her a crack, and you know, I can, you know, I can see that, you know a few tints here and there, but they'll change, and then you're with them for a few months, a few years, whatever it might be, and all, lo and behold, they haven't changed because people don't change, all right, and that's the same as Luke Brooks, and that's why it's on a halfback, okay, and I love to see him in a hookup, all right, I uh, love to see him just nipping in around the ruck, just like Ben Hunt has done for Saints uh, for a little while and has been really successful, and just the same as Damian Cook has. I think actually Brooks and Damian Cook are very similar kind of players. Uh, they're built pretty similarly. They're both quick. Brooks, fair enough, not as quick as Cook, but a great pass and a great left-foot-kicking game that suits uh, the hooking role perfectly. So I'd love to see that sort of happen. Uh, exciting times for the Tigers playing the Broncos at Leichhardt over for the first time since 2003. I had this side up the last time the Tigers played at Leichhardt. Bones got dead, so I can't. Uh, show you that, but, you know, we're talking about guys like Robbie Beckett, we're talking Lincoln Withers, we're talking Corey Pearson, uh, we're talking Mark O'Neill, we're talking Danny Fitzhenry at fullback, John Wilson at 5'8", a bloke called Chris Patterson that I've no idea uh, who he is. They're the kind of name. Luke Cavell on the wing, uh, outstanding side. Uh, the last time we played the Broncos at Leichhardt, 2003, uh, I think on a Sunday afternoon. So sadly, I won't be there due to restrictions and border closures and all that sort of stuff. So I'll have to do something that I really, I really don't like. It makes me feel really uncomfortable. Uh, is watching Leichhardt over the games from the TV, uh, and you know, without you know doing too much in my life, I sort of haven't lived in Sydney for the best part of ten years, if not more. But I've always tried to make it back for a lot of Leichhardt games. But yeah, one thing that I, I just, I really find difficult and uneasy to sort of do is to is to watch Tigers games from the TV because you just feel like, you know, this is where I could be uh, at this time. But for the Tigers fans out there that are watching and they're going to go to Leichhardt, get in there, give it to the Broncos. If Seibold's down on the touchline, asking about his theories and his tactical periodisation all that sort of stuff, if the gloves are off. Uh, we need the win. And I think we'll get the win. Uh, and I think it'll be with the tune of about, 32-12 uh, uh, with Benji Marshall starring there at number six. All of a sudden, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to about the 50-minute 50, 50 minute mark. You know, we're well into the second half here. Uh, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope, you know, one guy just talking and talking and talking and talking uh, isn't too hard on the ears. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it is. If it is, let me know. Um, I'll try and pull it back a little bit. Uh, in the next few weeks. I might be able to sort another voice uh, here and there. That's going to be difficult because we're in lockdown. Uh, But I might be able to ask my missus if she wants to come on the show. That might be something you want to hear. I don't know. It probably isn't. Um, Nothing against her, but she's just not, she's not a lead girl. Um, And that's okay. I still love her. We're in it for mine. All right. I don't know how deep I'm going to go into this because we'll have to wrap things up pretty soon. Uh, but I'll just I'll just chew through a few of these. Uh, Maddie Sparks, my dear sister, has got in touch with us and said, is it possible that Sparks takes footy too seriously? Is there such a thing? Honest question from your curious citizen. Yeah, look, good question. The answer is um, probably, I guess. Um, yeah, probably do take it too seriously. Uh, is there such a thing? That is a good question. And I think that's where I differentiate uh, in some ways. And Maddie's probably, you know, sort of asking on the back of, you know, uh, sitting down and watching the the Tigers-South game uh, with me on Friday night on the couch um, with our six-year-old nephew. Uh, We had a a great time. That's what it's all about. That's what footy's about. I love watching footy with my friends. I love watching footy with my family. I know I said I I like the odd game on my own, but really when it all comes down, when you're watching your team, Nothing beats watching the game with your family, and that's something we like to do. Uh, did things get a little serious? Yeah, probably. I think there was a point in time where I was blowing up about another refereeing decision that didn't go our way, uh, you know, and, and yeah, sort of, sort of shouting out the TV in it, you know, in, it, in a in a jovial sort of manner where my my nephew sort of said, "Uncle Timmy, can't hear you." which I said, oh, yeah, I think he can, he can, he can give me a ring or, or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, look, maybe I didn't take it too seriously, uh, but I think that's all the fun of it. And I think there is a is, is the thing is taking it too seriously, and that's when the humour gets taken out of it. And I like to think that there's still each humour uh, involved, as as to which, to we'll just bring me to a very quick point as to when I was giving it to Happy Carousel the other day uh, when we were playing the Panthers, uh, which Pez are picked me up on, and then, you know, Coruscant goes and makes a massive break and breaks the game open about five minutes to go and, and lays it on. And that's what the game is all about, I think, as a fan, you know, you're absolutely giving it to the opposition. And then they um you know, they go and they go and prove you very, very, very wrong uh right in front of your eyes. I've actually got a great story about Wendell Saylor about that. It's probably my probably and this is actually Pezwood sitting next to me uh, with this story. It would probably be almost my favourite uh, live sporting memory uh, was to do with that very thing of absolutely giving it to someone and then them proving you wrong uh, through sheer brilliance on the sporting field and then absolutely giving it back to you uh live in person uh which Wendell Saylor did to us when he was playing for the Queensland Reds against the Waratahs I can tell you that story uh later if if you want to hear more about it but that was that was an awesome thing and that's what it's all about so look we take it we take it seriously but there's still some humor and it's still a bit of fun so so we're all good there uh I'll just I'll just go through a couple of these things here. Adrian Leong, thanks for getting in touch. He's, he's come up with some pearls here. What is, a few things I love to hear your best and worst fans in the NRL and continuation on that. Which home grounds are best, worst? Well, I mean, best home ground is Leichhardt. Um, what is a Cobra is great. I like Saints fans, to be honest. I mean, they're pretty funny. Uh, they're extremely passionate. They're easy to wind up, which is fun when the going's good. Uh, but I also do like, I, I do like um, I just, yeah, I, I don't mind saying I, Funnily enough, I actually like Penrith fans. I reckon Penrith fans might be, Penrith fans don't really seem to have a chip on their shoulder the way other fans do. You know, maybe you include the Tigers fans have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. I don't I don't see a chip on Penrith's shoulder. You know, you, you can go out there to Penrith Park and you can do whatever you want, and as long as you've been, you know, somewhat humorous, uh, they get behind you. Um... Funnily enough, some of most Bulldogs fans do. I'll just say that, yeah, I like Penrith Park. I like Cogra. Um, I'd say Canberra, but I've been to Canberra twice, Bruce Stadium, um, and and they're the the only two times in my life where I haven't been able to feel my feet. So, um, it's that cold. It's it's tricky to to say that's a great ground. Uh, Simerson was given 10 of them. What are your thoughts on Chitty and Galea and the thousands of dollars being spent on high technology? Um, Mate, it's more like millions. It's not thousands. Uh, And as I said to Ben Galea at the Gabba a couple of years ago, I just wish he'd look after the Tigers a little bit more. Uh, Mate, just on that, AJ, I I think that the Raiders... We're actually, I think we're in for a bit of a treat when it comes to the Raiders because they are that decimated and Ricky Stewart's going to have their backs up against the wall so much uh, that whatever happens, uh, they're, they're going to put in so much. Um, and I think we'll be in for entertaining flashes whenever they play, but I think they've, they've got about 25 blows out, um, which is going to be difficult for them. AJ's coming with another great question here. Uh, that says there's a great book called Basketball and Other Things. And one of the chapters goes through the perfect basketball specimen, mostly physical features. Can you build us the best rugby league player? Whose hands would they have, whose nose, whose bicep, etc.? Well, I've done my best here. And I'll just I'll just run you through it. Right. I didn't put heaps of time into this. I just sort of wanted to just go whatever comes off the top of my head, was probably what's closest to my heart. So here we go. Here we go. We've got Paul Vorton's hair because I want him to be a redhead. We've got Tedesco's head under the hair, the face and the beard. Just very good looking fella. I think that's um, that's important. Uh, we've got Gordon Tallis's shoulders. We've got Sunny Bill Williams' arms. Uh, We've got Ricky Stewart's heart, Benji Marshall's feet, and we've got Michael Hancock's legs and leg drive there. Look, I did that pretty quickly, but I'm pretty happy with that, uh, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I'd love to know, I mean, if, if anyone else wants to come out and give us their perfect rugby league specimen of hair, head, shoulders, arms. I didn't actually have a torso in there. Um, I can't really think off the top of my head, it would be maybe Martin Laney had a pretty big sort of rig. Um, voice, heart, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, get to us here on the hill. <clears throat> Excuse me. You ultimate rugby league man. That's all we had uh, in the in the for mine section. Uh, this, I've really surprised myself in, in how long this has gone for. Um, that's sort of getting towards the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, what I need from you from here, I need your feedback. Did you like it? If so, what did you like? What didn't you like? If you give me a keep, stop, start, what do you want me to keep doing? What do you want me to stop doing? What what do you want me to start doing as far as this goes? Because we're probably looking as far as this lockdown goes we're looking at a Sparks solo show, Sparks show, uh, but the Sparks show is only as good, you know, as, as as what the fans want. They're out on the hill, all right. So please get in touch. Look, I'm 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 not looking for praise, you know. I like a bit of praise. I don't like a pat on the back. I'm I'm not after that. That's what I'm asking for. I'm just I'm just asking, you know. Uh, Sparks, can you give us a bit more structure? Sparks, give us a le- little bit less structure. Less X's and O's, more yarns. I liked when you did that. I didn't like when you did that. You can keep doing that. Keep with the speechly Hagen stuff. Really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, but you can stop with the. You know, you, you can stop with the sort of Lou Brooks at dummy half uh, sort of thing because that's just getting a bit a, a bit too much for us. Um, all up to you. Uh, just realised actually that I, I that I didn't. Uh, bloody hell! I didn't I didn't address the bulldogs. Uh, so you know, look in, in, in usual shows I'd say we'll get to it next week but I actually what I did I, that that's part of my phone breaking down uh, friend of the show Alex Tay, actually sent in I'm just gonna have to do this off the, off 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 the cuff here guys because uh, I told him I would do it. He asked me what on earth do you do with the bulldogs how do you get it going again uh, so what you know uh, real shame that I didn't that I didn't segue this in, into anything but I gave him a spot analysis of strengths, so a weakness an opportunity and a threat. Uh, a sort of analysis and basically with with what's going on at the Bulldogs. And look, the strengths of the Bulldogs is that they've got such a strong history, all right? They've got the history. They've got a winning culture. Uh, they're the family club. Uh, and they've got a massive leagues club, which therefore has a lot of money, all right? They've got this rich history, you know, um been in Canterbury-Bankstown, you know, with so many famous families, so many famous players, that's such a strength of theirs that they need to hold on to. They want to win every season, every year they play, they want to win the premiership. That's a great strength of theirs, all right, and they've got the Leeds club. So they're, they're all real strong points um, that they can hold on to. Now, you might have heard heard me talk about this before, your greatest strength is usually your greatest weakness, right? Okay, so the history all right, can sometimes be a weakness. You know, be, oh, we should seem to be what we were in the 80s, seem to be what we were in the 90s, seem to be what we were in the early 2000s. Well, don't worry about that. You need, to be, you need to be what you are now. You know, they get so so focused on winning. Win, 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 that's all we got to do. Maybe they forget the art of actually how to win. You know, look at some of the best and most successful sporting teams um, that there have been. Their, 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 their mantra, what they're looking to do is to play the best they can. To perform, to be the best, you know, uh club, to be the best side they can be. They, they, they do that, they'll get the the doggies need to maybe forget about trying to win every year and just, you know, play to the best of their ability, be the best they can be. I don't know what's in with the family club. I I don't even I'm not a doggies guy, okay? I am not gonna stand to try I'm not to stand here and try and say I know. And understand your club but to me it seemed like a couple of families club as in it was the mortimers it was the hughes it was the moors who else you know and I, I think you just you know maybe separate that a little bit we get someone that's probably a doggies person man them, doesn't matter we get them to run the show for a bit Uh, and as far as the Leeds Club goes with COVID, I think people aren't allowed to do pokies anymore, aren't they? So like if, you know, you might be able to have a hectare or two of pokie machines in your Leeds Club, but it's not going to mean anything under these Corona restrictions if people can't get in there and put the money down. So I don't actually know what happens with the Leeds Club now. That becomes a bit redundant. Now your opportunity, here your big opportunity here is to get a sponsor. All right. So I see that as something that you really need to do. It doesn't matter who it is either. You know, I'm not talking, you don't have to go high end, top end of the town. I'm not talking about Hyundai or even the Joy car or J car, whatever you might have had in the past. No, I'm just talking about like, you know, Belmore Butchers, you know, or the Lakemba Fruit Shop or whatever it might be. Just plaster something on on your tummy. Ideally, I think in red. I think the sponsor should be in red. You know, it's Belmore Butchers. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much it's worth. Your perception is everything uh, in, in this life, they tell us. All right, so stick something on that, you know, stomach area of the jersey uh, and make it at least look like a poor jersey. All right, we've all seen, you know, the movies where if you look like it, you can, you can play like it, okay? So that's your opportunity. And if you're listening, there, anyone here who's involved with the Bulldogs, whack a sponsor on it, ideally in red. Okay, and your threat, you know, you go through your strengths, your women's opportunities opportunity your threat. Well, your clear threat is just the north coast of New South Wales. Stay the fuck away from it, Canterbury. Brings you undone every time. Pops Harbour, Port Macquarie, whatever it might be, leave it alone. I would never go back there, all right? And the fact that these boys have been allowed to come back, um, Corey... Um, Harawira, Naira, and Auckland. How they've been overturned and allowed to come back is just absolutely beyond me. I don't even want to get started on it. This is meant to be a light and entertaining program, Uh, but the fact that you, you, that the NRL and um, a football club can go to a school in the name of trying to grow the game, develop the game, develop goodwill between the club and the community, and um, grown men of 25. I go and sleep with um, underage girls. Uh, fair enough, it's not illegal, um, but there's it's certainly immoral, it's certainly unethical, and there's, there's a lot of things um, that are immoral and unethical um, that are usually worse than um, being illegal. Stay the hell away from the North Coast. Uh, doggies, look, I hope that helps. Alex, I don't know if that's what you're after. Uh, as far as the signing goes, to answer the question, seriously, go and find a hooker. They don't have a hooker. Uh, they need one. He's the guy that touches the ball the most. He's the guy that, that, that starts and ends with everything. Find a hooker. Um, look at all the best clubs. Their their best player is usually a hooker. Uh, it's no uh, coincidence that Parramatta are going great guns um, under Reed Barney. South under Damian Cook. Cameron Smith clearly runs a show at Melbourne. Uh, and for somewhere closer closer to home for me is the Tigers and Harry Grant, final a hooker, um, and you will be doing much, much, much better. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. Get in touch. Watch the footy. Go to the footy on your own if you can. Get behind your team. Speak to you next week. Go the Tigers.